0: Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Wren, and I am so glad you're joining me today. On the Friends of a Feather podcast, I pray that this is the place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I get to share with you. Every time you download an episode of the Friends of a Feather podcast, I want for you to feel seen by God, to feel encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Okay, this is episode 90, y'all. I cannot believe it. We are almost halfway through our summer series on the Enneagram. Today is going to be on the Enneagram for the Individualist. I'm super excited, but I want to say thank you to the sponsor of today's episode. The sponsor of today's episode is the Secrets Savored Ministry. Secret Savored is a Titus 2 discipling tool that women across generations discover community as they practice simple hospitality and apply biblical truths in a home setting. Are you looking for a way to bridge the gap between the older and younger women in your church and community? Do you desire to invest, mentor, and disciple young women and are looking for a new and creative way in which to do just that? Perhaps you desire to reach out to the young women in your neighborhood. Whatever it is, I feel confident that the Secret Savored ministry could be the right fit for you. Go to secretsavored.org to find out more information. Okay, let's get to today's episode with my conversation with Michelle Dyer as we talk about the Enneagram for the Individualist. Hey, Michelle, welcome back to the podcast. It's
1: always good to be with you, Ren.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. We've already recorded three episodes and this is number four where we cover the Enneagram 4 I'm super excited. Thank you for giving your time to me today. I know you're a busy woman on staff at church, and tell everybody just a little bit about you um, before we begin.
1: Well, I am by profession a leadership coach and trainer, and I really enjoy those things, and I'm so blessed to be able to do that in my ministerial role here at the church. So I spend a lot of time developing our members and helping them understand how God has gifted and wired them so that they, too, can be ministering and you know, serving and bringing people ultimately to Jesus and into the kingdom of God. So it's an awesome, fun job. Love it. It sounds great. Sounds
0: really good. All right. So take us, let's start diving into type four. I have that it is called the romantic, but Mm -hmm. I think there's probably a different side and a different way to call that. What would you say?
1: Well, I think romantic is a great descriptor. Um, my particular training, I learned them as the intense creative. So I think that speaks a lot about who they are. But I've also heard them referred to as the individualist. So, yeah, both, yeah, all of them kind of giving a little bit different angle of who the four is. Yeah, I love
0: that. I love the intense, uh, intensely creative. That's great. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so take us to let's kind of dive into the four and. What does a healthy, um, in an ideal, perfect world,
1: mm-hmm. what would
0: a Enneagram four, what would they look like?
1: So there is an intensity to the four. Um, they're deeply introspective, um, high-feeling individuals. They're emotional. They're expressive. Um, they're really introspective tensely authentic people, and they desire authenticity. Um, They're, you know, deep, and they're really attuned to the environment, um, expressive. They can occasionally be a little bit moody and dramatic. Um, They're focused really on creating a very full world around them that will allow them to experience a lot of depth and a lot of just natural connection, if you will, Mm. will, to um, various aspects of their life.
0: Okay. Okay. That's good. I like that that they feel like they're not like everybody else, which I think they enjoy. Is that correct? Oh,
1: and not only do they enjoy it, but it is what fuels them. Mm. So they are absolutely positively concerned with being unique. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, even an unhealthy four can be sort of preoccupied with being unique. And it's a little Mm -hmm. bit in their lives um, attention because they want desperately to be unique and to be different and to be seen that way and to see themselves that way. But they also feel intensely lonely at Mm -hmm. times in that and feeling like no one understands them. Yeah. And no one can quite fully grasp who they are.
0: Well, and I, I'm glad you said that because in Ian Cron's book, The Road Back to You with Susan Stabile, they yes. talk about the push and pull. Hmm. And I thought that was really interesting that that they have this where it is, it's a tight tension that they have. And some of these, you know, in The Sixth we have attention as well of going back to feeling confident and then doubting ourselves. You know, you can go back and forth. So I thought that was really interesting that they had that. Um, and that a healthy four, in the book it says, they are, for the most part, outside of the pattern of shame and inferiority. If they are a healthy four, that they... Don't deal with that, but then maybe of an unhealthy for they are feeling that way. Like you said, they are feeling the shame. They are feeling that um, they something's missing. That they don't have it all
1: together. Um, um, yes, and you know that that's almost unachievable. That yeah. they won't be able to ever feel like they're part of a group or mm. you know that they're connected.
0: Yeah. So, what would you say is a core fear of the individualist, the type four?
1: Right. I think deep down, they really fear with being without identity. And so, they, you know, some of that tension takes place because they're constantly seeking who they are and they're so introspective that, and then also wanting others to understand who they are, but You know, there's just a really deep need for them to be able to describe and um, put into terms what their identity is and who they are and how they feel about things and just, you know, be able to describe that to someone else.
0: And are they, I'm going to interrupt real quick, are they on the feeling side of things or are they on the thinking side of things?
1: They are in the feeling center. Okay. Yeah. okay. yeah. In fact, right. in probably the most intense feelers, because they not only fear, or excuse me, they not only feel what someone else feels, but they also feel what they feel. Mm.
0: Oh, you know what? And I read a quote in Anne Cron's book that said, "You know how when you're in pain, you want someone to be with you who won't try to fix you or make you feel better. When you're in that spot, reach out to a four. They are mm. more." empathic than any other type. And I had to ask a little bit beforehand about what's the difference in empathetic and em- empathic. So tell yeah. me a little bit about that.
1: Well, if we have a spectrum of taking on the feelings of other people, um, it sort of, sort of starts with sympathy. Mm-hmm. And sympathy is I can relate to you in terms of, you know, I feel bad for you, but I can't really understand what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Empathetic is, I feel bad for you, and I can sort of relate to you, uh, not exactly, mm-hmm. but I can feel, you know, sympathy, and I can also sort of guess what's going mm-hmm. through your mind and your heart. Okay. Em- empathic is, I not only relate to you and feel sorry for you, that I am going to take on what you feel. Mm -hmm. So, um, empaths really can just completely identify with everything you're feeling, and Mm -hmm. so fours are that way because they are such feeling creatures Mm -hmm. and have such depth of feeling and can really resonate with any feeling that comes down the pike.
0: And that sounds kind of overwhelming and exhausting to me a little bit
1: as a six. (laughs) I'm feeling a little anxious. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, a healthy four knows how to limit their willingness to take on someone else's Mm -hmm. feeling. You know, Mm -hmm. they can set limits for themselves and boundaries where they have to recognize they cannot carry that for everybody. Individual they come into contact with, they can help them process it, but they don't have to own that. They give that to the Lord and say, "You know, God, I trust you to help this person, rather than I'm going to take this on and live it in that person's place." Yeah, this is responsibility, not theirs. Yeah, that's good.
0: That's good. And I was going to ask you, how? What kind of careers do you see for us? Because I was thinking if they're counselors that would be, they would have to be a super healthy four not to take on what their client is sharing with them. How, how, mm-hmm. have, what have you seen in the area of careers for fours?
1: Well, fours, you know, tend to like careers where they can express creativity. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to find them in everything from research and development for, you know, engineering to being a, a painter or a musician, uh, to being a chef to maybe a graphic designer. You know, there's lots and lots of ways to express that creativity. Typically, fours won't find themselves in a, a place where they're, um, working with others who are, you know, helping to Process hurts and that kind of thing mm-hmm. because of that reason. They just take it on so intensely that yeah. they'll steer away from doing that, actually. Yes. So that makes sense. That, now, a healthy four could be an intensely good counselor. Mm. Sure,
0: you know? sure, because of that, the empathic yeah. that we were talking about. Right. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the greatest need that, that a, a four, an individualist would have and how we can. Um, If we are in a relationship with a four, how can we encourage them and really give them what they need?
1: Yeah, so gosh, there was just a ton of great suggestions about how to, to help a four. First of all, you have to accept what feels like drama to you is not really drama to them. They have felt something at such a deep level that it can sometimes come across as dramatic, Mm. but understand that it has been legitimate for them. They've actually felt all of that. And so, um, you know, helping them again, name those feelings and say, what do you need or want from me specifically? Um, and what you're expressing to me can really be helpful. Um, You know, share their creativity, but don't always assume that they want to share their creativity. Um, Fours are interesting because they do creative things simply because they derive so much joy from it. They don't necessarily always need to share it to really enjoy it. I love that.
0: I love that. And I can see that in some of my friends' lives that are... Um, painters or if they are, you know, they have that creativity uh, yeah. that they don't always have to share it. It might be just something that they need to do for their soul every day, you know, of right. painting or or let, hand lettering or whatever. So I think that's neat.
1: Yeah, I have a good friend who's a four and she's a writer mm. and she for the longest time didn't publish her works because she said I honestly don't care if anybody else ever reads it you know oh. I just didn't have derived so much joy from just doing it mm, so that's
0: neat that's neat
1: okay let's talk a little
0: bit about how the gospel is intersecting in the life of a four we talked about the greatest need of what we can do um or friends, or relationships that are around us, spouses that are around us that are in um, a relationship with a four. But talk about how the gospel intersects the life of a four. Yeah. What that looks like.
1: I think that fours can probably better than any of the other feelings or any of the other types really associate the feelings that Jesus felt in the process of... Um, the last three years, you know, of his life in that ministry period, and then also in the time of the crucifixion and the resurrection, and they help us understand the enormity of that, um, and can oftentimes really bring that to bear. For the rest of us who maybe cannot picture that as deeply as a four can. Mm. So that's an interesting thing. Um and also just the the great chasm between us and God and the abstractness of that force can bring a lot of beauty in understanding who Jesus is and how he created such an incredible way for us to to be with God. And so they just in some ways in their dramatics can really help bring a lot of beauty and understanding to something as complex as the gospel. So um, they feel because they sometimes feel the loneliness of being so different and on the margins. Force can also help us understand how do we relate to those people who feel completely outcast from, you know, God's purview or the, the, you know, from maybe feel like they can't be brought into the kingdom. How Fours help us figure out how we can reach those folks?
0: Oh, that's good. That's really good. Well, I want to read one uh, last quote that I had in in the book, The Road Back to You, um, and it said, "Have you ever seen the soft gaze that comes over a mother's face when she's looking into the eyes of her newborn?" Fours need to remember that this is how God looks at them. God mm. sees, hears, and understands them and their identity can only be found in Him, and they should never settle for less. I love that.
1: That is beautiful. And so, so true. Yes. yes,
0: I love that. So true, so good. Very um, good. So let's talk a little bit about the stretch and release of how, you know, that tension goes back and forth with um, or where they go to in stress or in positive, healthy times.
1: Yes, okay. So, I think the line of disintegration first, the stress, um, is often found in the 1 for a 4. Hmm. so um, It manifests a little bit different than a 1 who wants to make sure everything is exactly correct. Um, the 4 will experience something similar to that in their idealistic nature. They feel like it's not the best it can be. so. They start to disintegrate in idealizing what something should be like. It's the romantic side of them, you know. Okay, okay. I was yeah. talking
0: to a friend that uh, she is, is a four, and she does say that sometimes her work, her hand lettering, would go to a perfectionist side. In yes. other ways, it wouldn't, but in her work, it will.
1: Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Because a one asks, you know, what's wrong, and a four asks what's missing, So, Mm. it kind of travels along the same vein, but slightly different. And so, there's the disintegration there. Okay. Um, Now, the release for a four can happen within the two. And that is that they can tap into that two to sort of come outside of themselves. Because twos are all about everybody else. Mm. You know, fours can really sort of begin to broaden their perspective a little bit by stepping into their two and beginning to wonder and ask themselves, how can I help someone else, you know, outside of myself? So twos can be helped by the four by going inside themselves to figure out, you know, what am I feeling and what do I need? But conversely, fours can really be helped by the two by asking what else or who else.
0: Okay, that's great. That's interesting. I love that
1: because I now I'm
0: I'm kind of looking at that with friends that are twos as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, what else do we want to talk about with the fours? What is something that is um, before we wrap up? What is something about the fours that you feel is really important?
1: I think we have to really understand that we cannot ask to fall into line with everybody else um, we need to just embrace that the force thrives on being different and that there is a lot of value in that because they do bring newness to the world they bring uniqueness and new perspectives and fresh views of things so if we can embrace the fact that they need to be different and probably will be kind of the contrary kid on a lot of occasions and just let them do that and learn from that, that that can be a very helpful thing. Mm.
0: That's interesting what you said about that. Cause I read that if they do that, uh, if you tell them and do it a certain way, then probably going to do it an opposite way, <laughs> which I yeah. thought was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, 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 that you said that. That's that's funny. Okay, yes. tell me a book that would be a great resource in the Enneagram, in if someone was wanting to do a more in-depth study, what would be a great resource for them?
1: I have discovered a new book that I think is tremendous because it speaks so much to our spiritual selves as it pertains to our Enneagram style. And it's called the Spiritual Rhythms for the Enneagram. So it's by Adele and Doug Calhoun, and it's really just a great resource in helping us grow and become more um, aware of how we relate to God, how we can grow spiritually, what some of our natural patterns and tendencies are in viewing how who we are in light of the gospel, and also just how do we really practice those things which will help us grow.
0: Okay, I like that. And I do want to ask, because I have a few listeners that are wanting to know, what is the best Enneagram test that they should take to find out their number?
1: Well, the very best one is actually not a free assessment, and it's actually quite expensive. Um, they can get a pretty dynamic report for $50, or they can get a very, very dynamic report for 100 Wow. And um, that one is called the IEQ-9. Okay.
0: Okay,
1: so it's from Integrative Enneagram, and it is phenomenal it is Mm -hmm. so comprehensive and talks about things like you know how stressed are you um, how well are you really acquainted with your pressure points and I mean just a really really great Uh, coaching tool so I'm happy to help them get that if they'd like to do that and even do some coaching around that
0: okay
1: Um, there is a great free Enneagram test and the reason I like it is because it does address subtype, which you and I have not gotten to talk much about, but we could at some yeah. point. Yeah. And it is at uh, com. Perfect. And I was going to
0: ask you about how if you were doing coaching. I think that is incredible. Um, so I could put all your information in there as well.
1: I'd love to, yes. And there's some really terrific tools and some really, I think, profound breakthroughs that can happen when, um, using Enneagram, you know, I've just, I've had a lot of great success with clients who've really enjoyed that. So yeah, I'd be happy to work with anyone who's interested. That's great. That's great.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for talking about Enneagram four, the individualist. Next time y'all come back, we're going to be talking about number five which is the investigator, right? Yes, it's so good, yes. And then we will do the subtypes. I might combine the subtypes with number five. All right, thanks,
1: Michelle. Thanks, Ren.
0: Okay, so there it is, the Enneagram for the Individualist. And you know, I always like to mention who is famous that is also an Enneagram four. So I wanted to tell you that I researched that Amy Winehouse, Thomas Merton, and Vincent Van Gogh are all famous fours. And I could totally see that with the creativity that they had i am so excited about what is next we are entering in to the enneagram 5 in july so i'm excited about that the enneagram 5 6 7 8 and 9 and then our recap and our question and answer episode if you have a question that you are dying to ask there are a few ways that you can send us your questions Number one, you can email me at friendsofafeatherpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram. Or the third way, which is kind of a fun idea I had, was that you can go to your voice recorder app on your phone and record yourself asking the question and then forwarding it to me at friendsofafeatherpodcast podcast at gmail.com so you can pick any of those three ways and i am going to give all of the questions compile them and give them to michelle so that is going to be our question and answer episode that's airing august 9th i would love to hear your questions okay that's going to do it for this episode and i would love if you could go to the podcast app on your phone and subscribe to the podcast and to leave a review. I would love that. That just helps other people to be able to find the podcast. We all have a story, and I encourage you to share your story with someone today. Remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.